going to come and preach for us now. And I'm grateful for Leighton's ministry in the church and for uh, the lives that have been touched that otherwise we couldn't touch for. So we do praise the Lord for that now. Uh, let's give him our attention and look to the Lord to bless during this time. Okay. See, sometimes you can think about something. If you don't put it into action, nothing, nothing actually happens. You know, that happens to me a lot. But... um. This is going to be a different kind of message. I wanted to preach this message last year and the year before, but I kind of didn't get the opportunity to preach it. So um, it's, been, it's been lying around there for, for a long time. And, you know, I wanted to come and I wanted to preach Hellfire and Brimstone stuff, but that's not what we're going to do, okay? We're definitely not going to do that tonight. Uh, tomorrow will be Christmas Eve. Um, so wanted to do something that would really be a blessing to you and really be something different. Uh, so I hope it's okay that it's that different. But it's going to be a real, real simple, simple, simple message, okay? So even my little boys, wherever they are, and, and the, the girls will be able to understand. So Kelly boys, you actually need to listen up. And Doolan girls, you just need to listen up. Um, you know, Ireland is a real cold and damp place uh, in December every year normally. So, you know, there are those rich, well-off people that will take, take to the skies and they'll fly hot places and stuff like that and have somewhere over there. So I wanted to do something like that, which is tonight. Tonight I wanted to take us on a, on a trip. I wanted us to go to Bethlehem tonight. And I want to introduce you to somebody that I want, to, I want him to speak to you for the rest of the evening, basically. Um, tonight, let's look at the Bible, then I'm going to introduce you to who we're going to be talking about tonight, or who's going to be speaking to you tonight, because somebody else is going to be speaking, it's not actually going to be me. So look at your Bible, we're going to start at the start of the chapter of Luke chapter 2, and the Bible says, And it came to pass in those days that, that there went uh, out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was forced to be made when Cyrenus, the governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, uh, unto Judea, uh, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. Verse 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son. That's important there. See the word firstborn? It's, uh, it's the first child she had, but it wasn't the last. And wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the end. So let me read that again. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him and uh, for them in the end. Now, don't turn there, but let me read out another verse in the book of Hebrews. There's a verse in Hebrews 13, uh, verse 2, and it says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. So let's bow before our Lord in prayer, and we will get into the message tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, that you would help me to speak to the people tonight, Lord, that you would use your inspired word, Lord, to touch hearts. Lord, it is uh, the time of your birth. And we just pray, O oh God, that our minds, our hearts would be focused upon uh, all that it means to have Jesus been born into the world for us, uh, to die on a cross for us. I pray, O oh God, that you would use the message tonight, Lord, to encourage hearts, 
but Lord, to, to challenge us. So I just pray, Lord, that you would uh, use this time here, that the people would be blessed. Uh, Lord, speak to us, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. So I'd like to introduce you tonight uh, to somebody that's going to basically give his life story, in a sense, uh, he is tonight. Um, you know, I, I love testimonies. This isn't a kind of testimony. It's, it's a lot sadder than that. But uh, I'm going to introduce you to a, a guy, and he's going to speak to you for the rest of the, the night. He's the innkeeper in uh, Luke 2, verse 7. He's the innkeeper in Luke 2, verse 7. And that's who is going to speak to you. He comes from Bethlehem. Uh, he's been living there. He owns an inn there. And he's going to kind of take over. And he's going to, I think you're going to want to hear what, what he's going to say. And his life is a life of, of disappointment and regret. And I, I wanted to kind of challenge us with that thought tonight. Um, and coming from the angle of, of this innkeeper. So with, with that being said, let me introduce you to the innkeeper. Well, it's nice to meet you, all. It's nice to meet you, all. My home is in Bethlehem. I'm an, inn, I'm an innkeeper by trade. It was me who met Mary and Joseph that fateful night when Jesus was born. The inn was filled that night, but I'm sure I could have, you know, I could have squeezed a few more in if I really wanted to. You know, I'm, I'm sure I could have. I, I told them that the inn was full and that there was no room for them. I, you know, I, I, I did tell them that we had a stable and, you know, they could go in there and there would be room for them in the stable. You see, when I looked at them when they walked in and Joseph asked, had we got a room? When I looked at them, I knew that, I knew where they were from, kind of by the clothes that they were wearing. And I knew that they were from a part of Palestine, um, a kind of undesirable part, a, a town called Nazareth. And when I recognized that's where they were from, I kind of put my back up because you know what they say, can any good thing come from, from Nazareth? You know, it's a kind of slum area. It's an area where you kind of, you know, you, you, you don't tend to stay long. If you're there, you want to just get through it. And I was busy that night. I was busy going around my business. The place was busy because of the tax situation. You know, all my staff had been flat out. The slaves had been working hard. I was busy. I'd been in work from early that day. And this poor peasant couple from Nazareth came knocking on the door of my inn. And, and look, in the end up, I offered them a stable. I didn't really think more of it or anything of it at the time. They were just a normal couple. I could see that she was pregnant. You know, uh, when I showed them to the stable, you know, uh, not long after that, some, some shepherds came along. Um, and they came into, in, into the hall of my inn and, and they said to me, we're looking for the Messiah. Now, that seemed strange for me that they were looking for the Messiah. And I said, you're looking for the Messiah? And the, and the shepherd said to me, have you not heard? Have, have the Christ child has come. The angels have been singing, announcing his coming. You know, the angels have been singing loud. And the shepherds, you know, they had heard the angels singing. And they were looking for the Messiah. The, the star had appeared over Bethlehem's manger just out the back of my inn. This was a strange night for me. The shepherd says, we seek the Messiah who has been foretold in the Bible. You know, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe what they were saying to me. I couldn't believe that somebody would think that the Messiah is in my stable, had come to my inn. You know? If I had just known who he was, 
if I had just realized who Joseph and Mary was, if I had just known who the baby was in in the pregnant woman's tummy, I, I, I would have done things different. You know, if I had just known that was Christ she was carrying, I, you know, and I was speaking to the parents of God, you know, things would have been different. I didn't know who I was speaking to. I certainly wouldn't have put them in a manger. I, you know, I, I would have known to put them in the best suite in the, in the hotel that we have. You know, I would have even given them my own bed if I just hadn't known who it was. But I didn't realize who was standing in front of me. I blew it. You know, if I hadn't known who it was, they would have slept in a bed with the best linen and tapestry that money could buy. And, you know, they would have ate at the best dining table that we have in the inn. They would have, you know, they would have, I would have got the cook to make the, the best meal that could be made. I would have instructed my own personal servants to get the silver cutlery out and the fine china out to, to serve, uh, to serve them. But I, I didn't realize who it was. I would have had my servants carry their bags to the, to the room, I would have, you know, fetched the best doctor and midwife that Bethlehem had to offer. I would have, you know, I would have given them five-star treatment. You know, I would have purchased the best crib that money could buy. I would have met every need that they had if I had to just known who it was. You know, if I had to just realized who was standing there that day, but I didn't. I didn't realize who it was. I didn't know it was the Christ child and who was inside that lady that day. The sad thing is, I'm actually a religious man. I'm actually quite religious. I, I, I go to temple on a regular basis. I've read the scriptures. I'm no atheist. I'm, I'm a devout Jew. I, I, I've been expecting the Messiah to come. I've looked for the, the coming of the Messiah. I'm, you know, I've been out there. I'm a, I'm a religious fellow. I, I attend church if I had just known. You know, I knew Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, you know, where it said, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the uh, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I knew someday a child would be born. I knew someday a son would be given. But I never thought it would be given that night. And the name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. I knew that. I also knew Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. I knew that verse. I could quote that verse. You know, I'm an innkeeper. I'm the innkeeper that turned them away. I'm the... The innkeeper who made that, that awful mistake. I'm the innkeeper. He'll never get the opportunity to make that mistake again. I had an opportunity and I missed it. You know, I knew Micah 5 too, where, you know, uh, the baby would be born in Bethlehem. I, I knew that much. I could quote, you know, Numbers 24, where it talks about, you know, uh, it talks about the, the son being born and the, the, out of, the star of. Uh, Jacob, and I will rise out of Israel. I knew all those verses, you know. I knew about the prophecies in Daniel. I knew about Daniel 9, uh, where it talks about his coming. You see, I'm a religious man. 
You know, I, I give to the poor. I, you know, I'm a good man. I, I'm fair with the people around me. I treat my wife well. I'm a good father. I'm a religious man. But I'm the one who turned them away that night. And it's so hard because, I, you know, I, did, I, I expected him to come, but I never knew he would come to my place. You know, I knew Isaiah 53 foretold of the crucifixion. I knew Psalm 22 tells of the purpose of his coming. I knew Genesis 22 where Abraham says to Isaac that the Lord would provide himself a sacrifice. I knew someday God would come in the flesh. I just didn't think he would come to my place that night. I blew it. I knew about the star. I, I knew that there would be born in Bethlehem. I knew it would be a, a virgin-born child. I knew the Son of God would someday pay the penalty for mankind's sin there. I knew Numbers 21 about the brazen serpent. I, I, you know, I had seen the prediction that the, the, and the picture of the Messiah uh, being lifted, uh, uh, lifted up. And you know, I knew the Passover lamb that we, we celebrate every year. I knew that was just a symbol of the Messiah. I knew all that. I believe in the Messiah. I actually looked for the Messiah. I knew about his coming, but I didn't know when. I didn't know where it was going to happen. I certainly didn't think it would happen in my place. I blew it. I knew about Genesis 3.15, about the seed of the woman someday bruising the head of the serpent. I knew about Exodus 30, about the day of atonement. I knew about the blood that was spread on the mercy seat. It was just symbolic of the blood of the Messiah would be shed for us someday. I blew it. I never thought that the Messiah would come and visit me in my inn in Bethlehem on that night. You see... You know, I'm the innkeeper. I expected, I wanted the Messiah to come, but the sad thing is I didn't expect him to come when he did. You know, I expected him to come maybe to the palace. I expected him to come to the Sanhedrin. I expected him to come to maybe a, a fancy hospital or, or, or to the temple site or to the synagogue. Or I expected him to come through or, or into a rich man's house. They were the things I expected them to come, but I certainly didn't expect them to come as a customer to my hotel. If I had only known, I certainly wouldn't have turned them away. I had the chance, like nobody else in, in history has ever had, I had the chance to welcome the Messiah. The Messiah could be born in my, in my inn. I had a wonderful opportunity. But the thing is, I put the Messiah, I put him out in the manger. I put him out there in the barn where, where the donkeys stay and the cows do be. You know, I didn't expect him to come when he came. I didn't expect him to come as he came. You know, in the first place, not from Galilee. I mean, I certainly didn't expect him to come from there. Maybe Jerusalem or Jericho or somewhere like that, but not Galilee. And I certainly didn't expect him to come from a sl the slum town of Nazareth. You know, I certainly didn't think he would come from there. You know, I certainly didn't think he would come from the type of home he came from. You know, I thought he would maybe be born in a rich man's house. 
in some kind of leader's house of the day, in a government official's house. I thought he would be born and, and he would be born into a family with well-to-do parents that would be able to provide for every need he might have. You know, maybe he would be born into royalty or to a member of the Sanhedrin or, you know, to a doctor or to a rabbi or maybe a general of an army. You know, that's what I expected. I wasn't expecting him to come into a peasant family from, of all places, Nazareth. Born to a working class peasant family in Nazareth. I never expected that. So you see, when I saw... Joseph and Mary standing at my door. I never thought in a million years that this could be the greatest moment in human history of all time. I just didn't see it. You see, I expected a king. You know, I expected a throne. I, I expected a scepter. I expected a crown. I expected to see a robe. I expected wealth. I, I expected there to be a, a great position involved. And they certainly didn't expect him to come the way he came. You know, I, I thought, you know, he would come maybe on a, on a white horse and he would look all, all kingly. I thought he would look like a royalty. I thought he would look like, you know, somebody with great power and authority. I certainly didn't think they would show up at my door, a peasant family from Nazareth. If I, if I just had a known. It's not what I expected. It's not what I expected at all. I didn't expect them to come to my hotel. You know, I knew Psalm uh, 24 where it says, Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. That's what I had in my mind. I had a, a picture of a king riding in. Uh, to Bethlehem on, on a white horse with, with a show of strength, a show of power, everything changing, but that's not what happened. Looking back now, I, I, I should have remembered Isaiah 9, where it says, Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I expected him to come as a king. But that's not the way he came. You know, I'm the guy that when Joseph and his pregnant wife Mary asked, have you room? I said, no. I said, no, we don't have room. He says, there's no room here. Can't fit you in. Nothing we can do. And I can still picture him that day. Every time I close my eyes, I can hear them words. You have room for us in your inn. There's not a night that goes by where I don't close my eyes thinking about those words. There's not a night that goes by that I don't think, why didn't I do something different? Nowadays, I, I keep the, the best suite in the, in the hotel. I keep it empty just in case, just in case one day God would show up looking for a room in my place again. See, that day changed changed everything about me. That day changed my entire life. I said, we've no room for him in the inn. We've no, you know, if somebody important had a come by my hotel that night, I would have made room. 
You know, if somebody that was wealthy had to come buy my hotel, my inn that night, I would have had room. I would have made room. You know, uh, I made room for all my friends. You know, I had plenty of room for my family. We had plenty of room for all the gifts. We had plenty of room for all the alcohol that we had in the inn. We had plenty of room to have parties over the, over the festive period that, at that year. We had plenty of room for, for wealthy, well-to-do people. We had plenty of room for fellowship. But we had no room for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But when I look back, and I look back at them, and I look back and I, you know, when, when, I, when I look back, I just I live with such regret. I live with such regret. And sometimes I even dream that I gave a different response. And sometimes I, I wake out a dream where Jesus was born and my inn inside and everything was great and there was a wonderful celebration and we all worshipped him that day. But that's not the way it was. That's not the way it was. That's not the way things happened. I soon wake up and I remember the reality of my rejection of Jesus. My rejection of his mother and his father when they came to her or in that, that night. You know, I expected a great leader to come. I expected somebody like Moses, you know, to come down. You know, I expected a great general like Joshua or, or maybe a great preacher like Noah. I expected something different, maybe a, a great prophet like Elijah, you know, or a really wise man like Solomon to come. But certainly not a baby in the belly of a peasant family from, of all places, Nazareth. Surely not somebody from the slums of Nazareth. Can anything good really come from Nazareth? And the thing is, yes, something really good did come from Nazareth. The son of the living God came from Nazareth. His only begotten son, the son of the father, the firstborn of every creature, the mighty God, the everlasting God, the true God, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, the Lord of glory, the creator of all things, the upholder of all things, the everlasting father, the beginning, the beginning and the end, the word, the fountain of living water, the good shepherd, the way, the vine, the I am, the lamb of God, the bread of life, the deliverer, the tree of life, the bright and morning star, the horn of salvation, the rock of ages, the foundation, the redeemer, God in the flesh, the savior of mankind. Can anything good really come from Nazareth? Oh yes, good things can come from Nazareth. When I look back, I expected something different. I thought it would be different. When I went to the synagogue every week and I heard about his coming, I never thought that God would come the way he did. You know, I never thought it would work out the way it did. Every chance that, you know, I had a, a, the, the best chance of anybody in history of having such a, an influence in that situation that night, and I blew it. Sometimes I dream about how different things would have been in my life of I had have accepted Jesus that night and I had have invited him into my home that night and I had have made room for him in the end that night. Would I be in the Bible tonight? Would I be scattered through the, the pages of the Gospels of the Bible tonight? Would I be plastered as the, the great uncle of Jesus? 
Would I be that, um, that guy who made room for Jesus? Would I be known as something different? You know, maybe I would have been one of the, the apostles in later years. Sometimes I dream, but the reality is I'm known as the innkeeper who rejected Jesus. I'm known as the innkeeper that had no room for Jesus. I'm the one who rejected the Messiah. No matter what I ever do in my future, no matter how good I be, no matter how, how much I give to the poor, no matter how many people I let stay in my hotel for free, no matter how many homeless people I help, no matter how many people I, 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 I give myself to, I will always be known as the innkeeper who refused and rejected Jesus Christ. Let me warn you folks tonight as the innkeeper. Be good to everybody that you meet. Be good to everybody that you meet. And always do your best. Hebrews 13 verse 2 says, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. Let me remind you people that work in this church do Sunday school in this church. Do your best every Sunday school message that you have to prepare. Every lesson that you have to prepare. Pour your, ki- pour your heart into them kids. You know, use kids club workers on a Wednesday night. Do your best. Be good to everybody. You know, as the innkeeper, let me warn you. You don't know who's going to walk through your door. You don't know who's going to turn up the kids club on a Wednesday night. Do your best. Do your best to those people who you, who you have a chance to influence. You know, use all you workers that are here in the church. You know, make sure you have your hearts right before you turn up on a Friday night. Make sure you come ready to give. Make sure you welcome whoever comes through the door. Make sure you do your best. Give your best. You don't know whose life you would help rescue or help save. Uh, you don't know where people are going to end up in later life. Whatever you do, do your best. Let me remind you, people of the church here, that I'm the one that when Mary and Joseph and Jesus showed up on my door, I refused to let them in. I looked at where they were from. I looked at their, their standing in life, and I could see that they didn't have much money. I could see that they weren't dressed really, really well. Oh, they were clean, but they certainly weren't wealthy. I knew they had had a long journey and I, you know, I looked at them and I thought, you know, I know exactly where you are from. And once they start talking and I heard that accent, I knew. And I didn't want them in my place. And I rejected them. Don't be like me. Don't be like me who rejected the Savior. Don't be like me who rejected Jesus I was too busy that night and I turned the Messiah away. Oh, I could have squeezed them in. I'm the one that when Mary and Joseph come into my place, they, you know, uh, when I looked at what they were wearing, I, I didn't think they were important enough for me to waste my time on them. I was tired. I was busy. I'd spent the day at work and I had had a hard day that day. So when they came, I just didn't want to spend, give the effort to go that extra mile for them. I just wanted to get rid of them. We are fairly full as it was, and I would have took a, an awful lot of work and uh, changing of my schedule in order to help them, and I, I just wasn't willing to do that because I was busy. 
You know what? I didn't. I knew where they were from. I didn't want them spoiling the atmosphere when people found out you are from Nazareth. Let me remind you, I'm the guy that didn't care enough that night because I was caught up in my own life and my own situations and making money for myself to care about other people. Let me encourage you to always do your best. Let me encourage you to always give your best. Let me encourage you to welcome every person that comes through the doors of this place. Whatever you do, do your best. You don't know who you might be ministering to, you know. Uh, when you read the, the stories of the great missionaries and preachers, uh, you know, that have gone on before, I mean, so many of them, when you're reading their testimonies about when they got saved, they got saved in a Sunday school, and they will actually be able to tell you the name of the Sunday school teacher that led them to the Lord. So them little people that you're ministering to on a Sunday morning, you don't know where or who or what they will end up becoming. Make sure you give your best. Use Christian school teachers that are in the school. Make sure you give your best. You don't know one of them little kids could, could be the next Hudson Taylor or the next, the next person that will change the world for Jesus Christ. You know, you do your best on a Wednesday night, people. You don't know who, who's going to walk through the doors. They mightn't be from a churched family. But I think some of the best preachers and missionaries that the world has ever known have been from families that weren't church families. Do your best. Do your best. You don't know who you might be ministering to. I didn't know who walked through my door that night. I turned down the very Son of God. Dr. Jimmy Allen, the former pastor of First Baptist Church in San Antonio, Texas, said that we missed him. Our chance to change things came and passed. We didn't know who was there. A dark-skinned little boy sat through Sunday school classes for three years at our great Baptist church, First Baptist Church of San Antonio. But someone missed him. His name was uh, Siran Siran. At the age of 24, he shot and killed Senator Robert Kennedy. Uh, and, you know, I shudder when I think of the words of the president when he said, someone missed him. Don't go about your business and God's business just being casual. That's what I done that day. That day I was just too busy. I was too busy to take a second look. As a matter of fact, when Jesus and Joseph were standing in front of me, I barely looked at them in the eye. I was too busy thinking about the day's takings. I was too busy thinking about the party that we were having later on that day. They were too busy thinking about the meal that I was going to have because I'd been working all day. I was too busy thinking about the other stuff that I had going on at home to really make a, make a difference that night when Mary and Joseph came across my path. Let me encourage you, don't be like me. Give your all. Don't make the mistakes I did. Don't miss the opportunities to minister to the people that God brings through the doors of your church. Do your best. Give your best. I wonder how many opportunities that we've missed because of we weren't ready. I pray that you would do your best. wonder how many people would have trusted Christ if we had just spoke up. Give your best. Let me read you a poem. I was awakened by a knock. I found a stranger at my door. I knew he was a poor man by the simple clothes that he wore. He asked for a bed and shelter, but I had none, to, none that I could give. The inn was filled to bursting with people everywhere. I'll sleep outside on the ground. I do not ask a bed. 
Just one small corner for my wife is all that he asked, he said. There is no room, I told him, but the stable will hold two. At least there will be shelter and the straw is fairly new. You're kind, uh, you're very kind, the stranger says. I hope you will be blessed. My wife is feeling ill and there she'll get some rest. I gave the man a candle for the light to find a way. Then fell asleep exhausted and didn't wake till day. The morning brought another eager knocking at my door. I arose to find a shepherd and behind him several more. Did you see the star they asked or hear the angels sing? Your stable holds the son of God. Your manger holds the king. I caught my breath. I could not speak. The Christ child could it be? With pounding heart and shaking knees, I ran outside the sea. I knew at once this was the Christ when I beheld his face. He had come from heaven's glory to be born in this foul place. I lamp beside his humble bed, which should have been so fine. Had I known, I would have gladly given him mine. He could have had my silken bed and lace beneath his head instead of ragged swaddling clothes and a manger for a bed. From that day on, I never turned a traveler away. Many times I gave my bed and urged the weary stay. I lowered prices for the poor and gave them food to eat. I gave them robes to keep them warm and slippers for their feet. The rich and poor, the strong and weak, I treat all the same. I welcome with a friendly smile each traveler who came. I remembered, I'm rem- and yet remembered round the world, not the good I've done. I'm only known for he who did have no room for God's own son. Would you be known as one who helped, the one or the one who turned away? That Christ should come in stra- strangers' clothes to visit you someday. Would you be welcome with a smile, wit, words sincere and true? Or will he hear the words again? I have no room for you. You know, uh, as we enter a new year uh, in LifeGate, let's do our best. Let's do our best. Every, every person that walks through our door, let's do our best. Don't make the same mistakes I did. You know, be the best teacher that you can be. Be the best leader that you can be. Be the best RU helper that you can be. Be the best men's home worker that is possible to be. You know, be the best uh, kids club worker that, that you could be. Be the best crash worker that we have. You know, be the best parent that's in our church. Be the best teenager that, that we have. Tonight is the room for Jesus. Is there room for Jesus in your life? I know when Jesus came to my door, I rejected him. Because I didn't think he would come into my life the way he did. I rejected him. I wonder, does Jesus have room in your home this season? Tonight, does he have his proper place in, in your life? Does he have proper place in your heart tonight? Is there room for Jesus? If there's not room for Jesus tonight, let me encourage you. Make room. Make room. When I think back with regret of that, cold winter's night if I had have just been willing to go and make room for Jesus my life would be so much different and I wouldn't live with the many regrets that I do today don't do like I did don't miss the opportunity of Jesus oh some will miss the opportunity and they'll never have another the saviour never came 
You know, the Savior never came back to my inn again. A few days after Mary had the baby, they left. Oh, they were extremely friendly. They were extremely loving to me. You know, they promised to pray for me. And, you know, I was excited. And as they walked, I stood and I watched them. I watched them walk away. I watched them walk away that day. Mary, Joseph, and the, and the baby being carried by Mary. I watched them walk away. Do you know they never came back? And every single time there was a knock on my door. I went to the door and I hoped and I prayed that it would be them. That it would be Jesus. That he would come back to my inn. But he never came back. I had one opportunity to make the most of my relationship with God. And I blew it. And I never got it back. And all these years have passed and I still hope. I still, still leave the room empty. Has the finest stuff. Has the finest bedding in it. And I know he's never coming back, but there's just something in my mind. I live with the regret of not having room for Jesus. Some will miss the opportunity and they might never get another. Missing my appointment with Jesus was the biggest regret that I ever had. Don't be like me. Don't miss him. Maybe you're sitting in church and you've been here for an awful long time and maybe you're just, you're missing it all. Maybe it's just all going by you. Maybe you're forced to be here by your parents. Maybe you would rather be anywhere else but be here. But you're going to miss the opportunity. And when you need it, you mightn't have the opportunity to get it. Don't miss Jesus tonight. Maybe you're, you know, maybe you're here and it's, it's all new to you. Well, let me encourage you. You know, take Jesus serious. Make room for him in your life. Let me warn you. This might be the last Christmas that you ever get the offer of Jesus. Open your eyes this Christmas. Don't be blinded by the, the presence. Don't be blinded by the lights. Open your heart. And receive them joyfully. That's the response that I dreamed that I had. When I dreamed back of, of what I could have done, what I should have done. When I dreamed back, I think I... Re- when I open the door, I see myself embracing Mary, embracing Joseph, inviting the men. But that's just not what happened. But let me encourage you, don't be like me. Don't miss Jesus. He might never come back to visit you again. Jesus never returned to my end. And every night, when I dream, the regrets come back, and I've missed it. And for the rest of eternity, that's what will happen when I close my eyes. Whatever you do this season, don't miss Jesus.